Hello, everyone. This is Julia Schieffer of DerivSource. You're listening to our Derivatives Industry Influencers series. And this podcast is one of many interviews with influencers from various corners of the OTC derivatives market. Please listen to others in the series or go to the DerivSource website to watch the videos of these interviews. Enjoy and tune in next time. Today, I have with me Chris Johnson from HSBC Security Services. Welcome to the video, Chris. Thank you very much, Julia. Now, would you give our audience a little bit of a background into you before we begin? Absolutely. So Security Services, what we do is we do outsourcing for back office, middle office, for buy side firms, generally large asset managers, insurers, pension funds, sovereign wealth, alternatives, funds managers. And so my job within HSBC Security Services is market data as a product. And so what that means really is asset pricing, asset reference data as part of the service, which means dealing with suppliers, which means dealing with our peer organizations um, for consistency's sake, means dealing with regulators as far as what changes is coming down the road, and with trade associations to help prepare us and our clients for that. So my role is really quite externally facing. Well, then you're the perfect person for us to talk about 2015 and the biggest milestones. Chris, specifically for data managers, what was the most significant milestone of the last year for them? Yeah, I think for, um, for the field of that I'm in, the biggest event this year is actually the coming together of a number of very big regulations. And it's now possible to see where there's harmony in terms of the requirements and where there are differences. And that's really come together this summer as MIFID to MIFIR has become much clearer. And so we can see where there are direct, similar types of information being asked for and where there are outliers. And some of the content that is the same still has a lot of complexities, like the legal entity identifier, which is great, a fantastic initiative. But nevertheless, implementing it does pose challenges, even though it is the same for all. And there are others which are thematically similar. So from a construction point of view, the meaning is similar, but nevertheless, the construct has to be a bit more sophisticated to handle it. So that's really, I think, the first one I would say is the coming together and the consensus of of the different regulations. Second, I would say this year, and quite recently, with the EMIR DFA derivatives regulations, it was actually exactly two years ago that the EMIR decided to, the ESMA decided to include exchange-traded derivatives with three months to go. And so here we are two years later, and there's still work to do. And recently I heard that IOSCO have got involved now working with ISDA on more of the standardization for the derivatives, which I think is a very, very positive move. Leadership in, the, in this area is, is very welcome. And the third one I pick out, and the final one for this year, is that MIFID to MIFIR itself has become much clearer as to where it's going and how it will affect firms in it, that it will affect pretty much across the buy side and sell side. So there's a lot of interest in making sure the preparations there over the next 12 months. Okay, perfect. Well, in 2016, looking ahead, what are your top concerns for this year? Because, you know, it's due to be quite a big year on the regulatory front, for instance. So what are you most concerned about? I think um, the extensions that are needed to support MIFID and MIFIR. For example, there's been a, in the latest consultations, the need to extend out the ISIN and what's known as the CFI classification of financial instruments out to include other asset classes. So it's been something which over the next year, extension into, for example, across the derivatives space, exchange traded and OTC, 
So I think we'll see a lot of extension um, in that area, and that's I'd encourage all participants to get involved in where that's going and what that means. From the trading venues point of view, there's other information they'll need, like the um, issuer legal entity identifiers, issued shares, and this new ISO short name. None of these are fully formed. All the five, five things that I've mentioned, none of them are fully formed. Uh, they're still being extended. There's work to do. So it's necessary next year to focus on those. I'd also say that the supply chain for this is complex. The asset owner who needs to do the, the reporting is dependent on quite a few different steps to be in, in place. Um, so focusing on that and not just assuming that it's a plug and play. And finally, for next year, not that that isn't enough in itself, on the asset pricing side of things, the extension of central counterparties for uh, OTC derivatives and the use of potential use of prices that are produced by those CCPs, the consistency between them and the extent to which they can be used within the valuation process. That's another area that I think we'll be focusing on over the next year. That's a number of challenges that we have to focus on for the next year. You know, how are you at HSBC planning to address these challenges or, or how would you recommend that other firms start addressing these mm. various challenges? That's what attracted me to this, uh, this interview, actually, the influencers tag, because all of everything I've described is heavy lifting infrastructure and has met great dependencies. So even a very large firm like HSBC or any other, we, we need to work together and collaborate to, to try and make those changes happen. I think in, in terms of the challenges, I would say that for MIFID II and MIFIR, it's now an economic necessity for firms to look at how that can be joined up with other regulatory initiatives. It's not enough to have, for example, the derivatives EMIR and DFA, the alternatives AIFMD, the insurance solvency to all of them very big in their own right. MIFID touches across the trading areas as well, pretty much across the piece. So joining them together and coming up with common areas and making it more, more efficient is, I would say, one of the key challenges that firms need to address. Also, an, another challenge is that the bar is much higher because when the regulators ask for a report, what they're saying is they want evidence. They call it evidence-based reporting. So the word evidence makes us think that this is something which has to be right. And equally, they say it needs to be complete and accurate and appropriate. And as I've already described, there are quite big changes needed to achieve that. So I think firms, uh, in terms of what they do for next year, they need to take practical steps to make sure that their obligations can be met and that they've got an audit trail of what the attempts they've made to achieve that. So if there is an issue in the future, they've shown that they've tried everything reasonable and possible to achieve that because it will be a big step. Also, for finally for next year, I'm going to be continuing to attend industry events, trade associations, meetings, contributing, all the things that we've been covering in this interview, encouraging others to pick up the phone as well. Generally, the supply chain will respond if they get lots of people ringing up. It's not enough to have one or two voices. Well, on that note, Chris, do you have any advice for the data managers listening today, any call to actions that you would also encourage them to, to heed going into the next year? What I'd suggest is, first of all, don't make any assumptions. Assume that there's going to be a piece of work to do. Expect the worst. Do the testing early at the earliest possible stage so there's time to do something about it. Don't go testing your, your MIFID MIFIR in November 2016 
you know, to do it much sooner than that so that there's a chance to, to rectify. Speak to your peers, uh, your competitors and your clients about common challenges. Don't treat it as like a, some kind of prized secret. You know, it's win-win or lose-lose. The regulators want to see consistent information. You know, as firms, it's not really in our DNA to do a lot of collaboration, but in this area we do need to. And then finally, speak to the suppliers. Don't just expect it all to be ready. Get on the phone and, and go through with them in order to complete all the requirements. There's quite a few of them. <laughs> Indeed. Great. So it sounds like data managers, you need to plan ahead, you need to get started, and you need to talk to other people in the industry. Exactly right. Perfect. Great. Well, thank you very much, Chris, for joining us in this video.